subversion bands and Jim Crow at the ballot box. Let's connect the dots. Welcome to another episode of Hell Hath No Fury, a how-to series to empower you to help create the big blue wave this November. My name is Anna Maria, and I am host of Sassy Political Coach. There's a direct connection between the draconian laws like the abortion bans that the Rathuglicans pass and their nationwide epidemic of Jim Crow 2.0 at the ballot box that is stopping U.S. citizens from being able to exercise their sacred and fundamental right to vote. You know, the absolute cornerstone of our democracy, the of the people, by the people, for the people democracy. Let's talk Georgia. Back in 2019, Georgia's Republicans passed its draconian abortion ban by a margin of two votes in the House of Representatives. Two! The Rathuggies needed 90 votes, and it got 91. If two of those individuals had voted against sending women back to the Dark Ages, oh my gosh, things would be so different in that state right now. The fact of the matter is that too often you and I end up with these cave-dwelling knuckle-draggers in positions of political power. We shake our heads and ask, how in the heck does this happen? Enter Rathuglican Jim Crow at the ballot box. The fact of the matter is that Rathuglicans love to pour water on our sacred right to vote. That would be your sacred right to vote and mine. Yeah, water, water everywhere, not a drop to drink. When I was the communications director at the ACLU of Georgia, when a reporter would first contact me about the state's voter laws, I loved sharing the following story with them. This story immediately helped each reporter understand the extent to which Jim Crow at the ballot box was very much alive and well in the 21st century and in the most underhanded of ways. In the tiny Georgia town of Thunderbolt, population 2,600, Local election officials tried to throw 300 citizens off the voter rolls because the local water bill failed to include the citizens' names. Wait, what? What in the heck does a water bill have to do with our sacred, fundamental, and legal right to vote? Well, actually, not a damn thing, honey. Nothing. Nope. Nada. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, in an interview with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, ACLU of Georgia legal director Sean J. Young said, quote, Neither federal nor state law requires voters to have voter bills listed in their names in order to cast a ballot. End quote. <laughs> you know, yet the local election officials throughout Georgia often use water bills to determine whether to kick U.S. citizens off the voter rolls. And that number, 300? That accounts for 14% of Thunderbolt's adult population 18 and older. This is crazy, right? Can you imagine if every town or city just summarily deleted 14% of its voter rolls based on whose names are listed on the water bill or, or any utility bill? This would have a dramatic impact, a negative impact, on our sacred right to vote and, of course, the outcome of local, state, and national elections. The absurdity of using any utility bill to stop U.S. citizens from exercising their sacred fundamental legal right to vote is just purely outrageous. The very notion boggles the mind. Aside from the mere stupidity and apparent illegality of this practice, a water bill or any utility bill usually includes one name on the account. Think of what this would mean in your own household. Spouses, partners, other family members 18 and over, students away at college, roommates, or whether even your own name is on the water bill where you live. 
For those of us who rent, well, sometimes landlords include the water bill in the rent. The water bill itself is in the landlord's name. This ridiculous practice would wipe many of us off the voter rolls and rob us of our sacred, fundamental legal right to vote. Reducing voter rolls to what? One vote per household? Another Jim Crow by mouse click. Good grief. Where is oversight from the office of the Secretary of State? It's his responsibility to protect our sacred and fundamental legal right to vote. Oh, yes, that's right. These are Rathuglicans. The reason we even know about it is because a very brave woman named Jennifer Hill stepped forward. Hill herself is an Army vet and a former police officer. She and her wife owned their home that actually is just around the corner from City Hall. She stepped forward not only to protect her own vote, but, as she said, if this is something happening elsewhere, she wants to help stop it. It really is so wonderful when someone like Jennifer Hill steps forward to write these Rathuglican, un-American actions. And that's exactly what happened when the current Rathuglican governor of Georgia sent his consultant down to Randolph County to close 75% of the polling locations. Randolph County is located in southwest Georgia. It's considered a black belt county because it's 60% African-American, twice the percentage of that of the rest of the state of Georgia. Eliminating seven out of the nine polling places in this county would guarantee lower turnout among African-Americans in the gubernatorial election that was happening in November of that year. That was the year in which Stacey Abrams was on the ballot as the Democratic nominee for governor. So here's what happened. A man in Randolph County saw the tiny legal notice in the local paper and contacted the ACLU of Georgia. Our expert legal director, one of the nation's top voter rights attorneys, sent a letter to the local boards informing them that what they were proposing would violate the Voting Rights Act of 1965. As a communications director, I immediately notified the local, state, and national media. Wonderful organizations like New Georgia Project, NAACP, and others organized local residents to pack the few public meetings that were going to be taking place. And the day of the vote, which, by the way, uh, they changed at the last minute from 4 p.m. to 8 a.m. in an attempt to do their dirty work outside of the public eye. Didn't matter. We still packed that meeting. Standing room only with local residents and a ton of media, local TV and newspapers, the Associated Press, the AJC, that's the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, New York Times, Washington Post, CNN. And guess what? The local voters of Randolph County won a glorious victory. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution, that's the city's daily paper, they did a wonderful piece on precinct closures in Georgia. And this is what they wrote, quote, The counties hit hardest by precinct closures are often in rural, impoverished areas where decisions about voting locations are made without attracting much attention. One-third of Georgia's counties, that's 53 out of 159, have fewer precincts in 2018 than they did in 2012. Of the counties that have closed voting locations, 39 have poverty rates that are higher than the state average, 30 have significant African-American populations, making up at least 25% of residents. End quote. The paper reported that, quote, the impact was greater on black voters than white ones. Black voters were 20% more likely to miss elections because of long distances. End quote. 
Of course, the Rathakulans know this. They're not stupid. Their actions are vile. Rearrange those four letters, and what do you get? Another adjective, evil. They are killing democracy via death by a thousand cuts. The paper mentioned that these decisions to close voting locations are often made without attracting much attention. Well, that's what they did in Randolph. And that's the same thing that happened with throwing U.S. citizens off the voter rolls based on the ridiculous notion that our name must be on a water bill. A few months after the Randolph County situation was resolved, we still had a November election in which the Secretary of State was running for governor. And guess what? He was the one that was overseeing these election dirty tricks. He declared himself victory over Stacey Abrams with barely a 55,000 vote lead. Well, you think closing 214 voting locations helped him win? You're damn right it did, because it prevented many voters, specifically those who were black, from voting. Illegally throwing U.S. citizens off the voter rolls and closing polling locations unnecessarily, those are just two of the many tactics that they use to create the nationwide epidemic of Jim Crow at the ballot box that we are experiencing. And even when we win, they simply rehash, reuse the tactic elsewhere. Enter Quitman County. A few years after we all converged down in Randolph County, Quitman County, well, here's the story. It has lots of land, very little population, and so the county has two polling locations. Wouldn't you know it? The county tried to close the precinct primarily used by voters who are black. Again, a resident contacted the ACLU of Georgia. Our attorney wrote a letter, attended meetings, offered expert testimony. I didn't get involved until the second meeting, which ended up being also the final meeting. I introduced myself to the election superintendent. I told him how beautiful the county was, because it is. It's got beautiful waterways, beautiful big trees. I just love all that stuff. And then I lowered the boom. I told him that I had been in the area a few years prior, you know, over there in Randolph County. I got to tell you, that was quite the pleasure watching the election superintendent's face when he realized what that meant, that he may have a media circus come to town. Now, the guy knew very well that my colleague and I worked for the ACLU of Georgia. He also knew that I was Facebook living the meeting. So why in the heck he decided to announce to the whole world that he had injected himself with some bovine, some animal type of medicine to, quote unquote, you know, take care of COVID is beyond me. But that's just an aside. When all was said and done, the five members of this board voted four to one to keep open the precinct that primarily served those voters who are black. This is great, it's good, and it has two lessons for us. One, when you get involved, you can actually make great things happen. And two, our opponents are gonna keep going after us, so we must be vigilant. But for the Rathuglican voter suppression, Stacey Abrams would have become governor of Georgia in 2018. And if an abortion ban had landed on her desk, she would have absolutely vetoed it on the spot. Georgia voters have an incredible opportunity to put good, solid Democrats as their governor, as their attorney general, and as their secretary of state. On the ballot are the following. Stacey Abrams for governor, Jen Jordan for attorney general, and B. Wynn for secretary of state. This is fantastic news. 
I've had the immense pleasure of meeting each of them in person, and they are simply as fantastic in person as they are elsewhere. And of course, we have Senator Raphael Warnock that we are going to help to get reelected to the U.S. Senate. You'll find links to each of their campaigns on my website, sassypoliticalcoach.com. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Be sure to follow and like, rate and subscribe wherever you follow this podcast. And of course, share it with your friends and your family. And you can find me across social media at Sassy Political Coach. But for your Hell Hath No Fury swag, t-shirt, ball cap, and of course, to start your day with your coffee mug, head on over to sassypoliticalcoach.com. This is Anna Maria. Now, go out and make Hell Hath No Fury our political rallying cry that helps to create the big blue wave. Thank you.